0: And I speak to you today in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the striking features about the account of the Garden of Gethsemane is the recollection that this ancient grove, this this garden of um, olive trees, it was a favorite haunt of Jesus. It was a place that he loved to go. It was his special retreat. Luke tells us that Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom. And for someone who was so involved with the lives of people, Jesus, he savored being alone, and yet not alone. As the old Latin proverb says, I am never less alone than when alone. It was when in the garden of this quiet retreat, surrounded by the ancient olive trees, Jesus, he communed with his Father, His heart and his mind would be caught up in the glory and in the strength of Israel as he basked in God. It was his favorite place to be, alone with his father. What a striking thing it is then, and what a striking thought it is, that at the moment of his life now, when the prince of this world, as one has said, comes fully armed to meet him. When Jesus comes face to face with a darkness and an evil that none of us can or will ever know as he faces the very mystery of iniquity. What a striking thing it is that when Jesus needs his father the most, he doesn't want to be alone. Jesus takes with him Peter and James and John into the very heart of that place where he would go so very often to pray alone. Mark tells us that Jesus began to be visibly distressed as he entered that place. This Prince of Peace, who through a raging storm could sleep, he becomes the very picture of anxiety and of trouble. And he says to his friends that are with him, I don't want to be alone. Stay with me. And the one who taught his disciples how to pray, he himself asked these feeble fishermen, would you please pray with me? Watch with me, my friends, he says. And then Jesus goes just a little bit further until the trouble becomes too great for him. It becomes too heavy. And Mark tells us that Jesus simply falls to the ground. And the word that Mark uses in the Greek to describe this moment is especially heartbreaking. Epipton, he writes. It comes from the verb pipto and elsewhere in the New Testament it's used to describe a great structure collapsing, falling to pieces. Jesus doesn't come to kneel in the garden. He falls apart under the strain of what's come upon him in the darkness. I want you to think today for a moment of every hateful thing that has ever happened on this lamentable planet. Every betrayal, every moment of hate, every destruction of innocence, every murder, every rape, every vile immorality, every human poison in all of its forms, the rebellion. The toxic bitterness, the war of brother against brother, and the war of man against God. And then consider that all these things, from our jaded and callous perspective, is not even the beginning of what God in his righteous purity knows of them in all of their wickedness. And then I want you to hear the apostles' words afresh today. That for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The righteous son of God who knew no sin. The lamb of God who in his nature, both divine and human, knew nothing but perfect longing for the righteousness of God. He sees a cup before him. And it's filled with a dark and a bitter and a hateful mixture. And he knows that when he drinks of this cup, he must become sin. (laughs) You see, it's not just that Jesus needed to represent our sin. It's not simply that he needed to receive punishment on behalf of our sins, but the horror for the Lord in this moment is just this, that in the mystery of his person, Jesus Christ must become the thing that God hates. He must become our sin to receive the just punishment for our sin. And so terrible is this thought to him that as he looks at that dark cup and as the horror of its smell even now wafts and rises into his lungs. So terrible is this thought that he begs his father, please, if there is any other way, father, to accomplish this, I do not want to drink this cup Please, Father, let it pass from me. And he's in such agony about this that he begins to sweat blood as he prays for the cup to be removed. And two times he goes back in his distress to the apostles just to reach out to them, just to know they're there. His face twisted in torment, (laughs) looking for their prayers. And the one who holds up the pillars of the earth, now needs to be supported by his friends. But the Lord finds no support. All that He finds is the cup in the mixture of which is mingled everything that is opposed to the holiness of God and everything that is opposed to the Lord's own righteous longing. And in the mixture of that cup is every of my sins and every of your sins. Hal Grimmer Pettersson, the Icelandic and Lutheran priest, just around the time of the Reformation, he wrote a a beautiful collection of hymns on the passion of Christ. And coming to the scene of Gethsemane, Pettersson writes, My conscience smites me, with the thought that hereby was my freedom bought. T'was sin of mine that tortured thee. All this thy suffering was for me. Oh, how I grieve that deeds of mine should fill with gall that cup of thine. In that dark, bitter cup were our sins. And Jesus, for the love of his father and for the love of his people, finally prays, O oh, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And he takes that hateful cup and he looks into its hateful mixture and he drains it to the dregs. The Lord empties the cup into himself. <laughs> And now, my brothers and sisters, through an agony of suffering that none of us will ever know, Jesus Christ has drunk the bitter. And he has filled that cup with the new and with the sweet wine of his covenant. He has drained all of the poison and all that's left for us to drink today is everlasting life. Christ drank the horror so that we might drink the health. And so, my brothers and sisters, the victory belongs to Jesus. The glory and the honor belongs to Jesus. And the good belongs to us who did nothing whatsoever to achieve it. And so I invite you today that as you taste the sweetness of this wine at the Lord's table, remember what the Lord has done and what he gives to you every time you drink of this cup. Glory be to the Father, and so glory be to the Son, and glory to the Holy Spirit. Amen.